Michael Amagon here. It's been a while. Let's get into a quick little recap of some stuff as to why we've been missing for a while. And then we're going to get into our actual main topic for the day. So why we've been missing is, well, work life has been kind of hectic since COVID actually happened. I used to be working in store and now I'm working more at home and there have been some work life changes just on a whole and I needed time to really focus in on myself, those around me and well, I'm also dealing with the Bahamas Esports Federation so that took some precedence as well. Since then, we've now started back up. We have some people that are going to be inside some future interviews that are already lined up and we have some topics that I think is going to be interesting for this new season of the show. There are going to be some changes to the layouts um, and just how we go about. And these things will slowly start to be integrated as I get more and more time to develop for them. But they're already inside my head. The plans are already there and the interviews are already booked in a sense. So I'm looking forward to that. Not only that, but even the more cookies gaming element is starting to come back into the forefront because well we're actually allowed to have more and more of those personal interactions in person and not just online and so a lot of people are actually able to get stuff done but but our first event is going to be league of legends starting in january that's going to be for the bahamas keep an eye out for that but on to our actual topic of today's show the nassau technology conference this was a conference that was held by a friend of mine uh who actually invited me to uh i don't know if you'd call it a workshop or a sit down or a fireside but anyway it was pretty much a it was a forum that's what it was that's what it was uh technology forum uh, so a number of us that are inside the technology space actually came from 2019 and started just meeting up and having conversations about technology here in the Bahamas. And that kind of developed and kind of here we are today with uh, Duran Humes, who is one of the co-founders of Plato Alpha being the one who invited me to that originally. And he's co-founders with another person, Keith Roy. So this happened, well, the technology conference happened December 10th from 7 p.m. to 10.30, almost 11-ish. It went over in time, but we're going to get into that. And so today's episode is really and truly going to be my thoughts, suggestions, and just in a general review of what that conference was like as someone that attended and someone that also spoke to other people and already had views and expectations from those persons before the event happened and what their takeaways were. So they had four main panelists uh, from Canoe. It was Mr. Keith Davies from Sandollar. It was uh, Kirkwood Mott from My Gateway. It was Taronda Knowles Glinton. And from Alive, it was Dwayne Davis. Now, you'd think with having a listing of people like this that are all in the technology industry uh canoe being you know one of the one of the 
digital mobile wallets that people can take around and pay with a number of different places like food stores, uh, so on and so forth. They're not the first. Um, I think one of the first that were actually here was a place called Mango. Not that Mango, but <laughs> a place that actually used to have a store inside the Mullet Marathon here in the Bahamas. And so they were the first, if I remember correctly, like I even remember seeing them on buses and stuff like that, where buses were trying to get people to make the payments with their phones via that mobile wallet. I don't really know how well that panned out. And that seemed more or less like that ended up being a money transfer to other countries kind of thing. But Canoe is here and they actually have integrated with the next set of persons, which is Sand Dollar, which is the mobile <laughs> cryptocurrency, I guess you could say, which is fiated against the actual Bahamian dollar, which are minted. And there's actually a series of things about that that we're going to be talking about. We have my gateway which is essentially the first steps into e-government here for the bahamas uh, i'm not even including the national insurance card i'm gonna get into why and alive which i have my own thoughts about that are non-biased because of where i work and for full disclosure i work at their competitor btc but you've never really heard me go on and be biased about btc either so but just keep that in mind. So for the first one, Canoe, uh, this <laughs> for those that were there or those that watched on Zoom, because there was a Zoom uh, option, uh, entrance into it was $50 for in person, 25 if you were paying or if you were watching on Zoom. I don't know what the Zoom experience was like because I was there in person and um, I do know that, that there were some technical glitches in the in-person one, just with the presentation element of it. Um, just, you know, being able to move around <laughs> with the clicker to the next slide in the presentation, to them showing the Zoom call up for the presentation instead of like an actual presentation slide. It was interesting. Um, I, I spoke to Duran afterwards and I'll, I'll let you guys know what i told him after i've already gone through everything but uh just to run through so canoe is like i mentioned a payment service provider they allow you to pretty much never really have to touch a bank it's all within their own mobile digital wallet so you can pay as a guest you can create an account and make a payment or you can pay as a business uh their ideas pretty much are to create awareness, drive sales, and build customer loyalty. And they apparently focus on, on the bottom line of business and is pro-forced adoption uh, tools. And they cite that, you know, COVID really helped just technology on a whole, but them as well, uh, just really get out there. Their key three questions for anyone that's getting into technology or into business is, they went very business, um, Bahamian with this. Who y'all is, or who Yule is, I would have gone with y'all. Uh, and that is the need for credibility and confidence. My money's safe. And that's dealing with uh, the OPM or other people's money, which is a security issue. 
and where could I use this, which is timing, adaptation, merchants waiting on buyers, and vice versa. They have a uh, an acronym that they use called SPEC, which is Security, Prosperity, Empowerment, and Convenience. They have about 20,000 customers and 300 merchants. At least that's what they told us at the, well, uh, more than 20,000 customers, I should say. But that's what they told us at the event. Apparently, they don't count anymore after a certain number because it just is a waste of time. But I found this presentation to be interesting. And I say interesting in the sheer fact that it came off to many, many, many as a sales pitch with technology talks kind of sprinkled on as a seasoning in a sense. And it wasn't a very powerful seasoning. It was very much, it felt like if he was coming to me as a business that he wants to provide the service for. And I think a lot of people, and you're going to hear this a lot, a lot of people came there with the expectation that this was going to be more technology focused, that there was going to be more talk on learning elements of that, especially for those that, like myself, came in a long time ago and was more of a roundtable discussion kind of thing. And I've had a number of people that would be the, that came up along the lines of, well, PHP or AWS just had a conference and they just talked about what's new in the world and um, trends and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that's great for PHP and AWS, but those are the people behind the actual technology or platforms. That's quite different than a local group saying, here's the same information. Because chances are we would have already heard the original conference or read the white papers or just the developer notes or been a part of the GitHub or, you know, we would have been on top of this already. We don't need to know the local trends for what we are already supposed to be learning. We don't need to hear what the change logs are. We're probably already reading that. So I'm going to get into, as I mentioned, I'm going to get into it a little bit later on. Next up was Sand Dollar, which was interesting because I was actually there for the original Sand Dollar focus group. So this is before Sand Dollar even became a thing. Ironically enough, I was there with people from Canoe before Canoe was a thing as well. <laughs> and so that was interesting to watch Canoe develop along with Sand Dollar. And then I asked them the question. Uh, you can actually see where I, I would have asked that uh, someone actually took a photo of it. Me just going up and asking the question. I had a number of them, but I was only able to ask one um, just because of time and how the hosts well, the moderator kind of took over, but my question was, why did Sandaller uh, take so long to get integrated into Canoe? And I directed that more so at Canoe because I know they have an API system, and that was something that we had previously discussed. Now, according to them, they acted quickly to get Sandaller on board, and to their to their credit they they did now i don't know how long it took for sand dollar to open up their api system because that is what they were quoting to say is the reason why it took so long 
that they were there as soon as the API opened up and they were regulated to actually go in and start using that as a form of funds and transfer and stuff like that. They layer on top of sand dollar. So it doesn't actually touch into the central bank. By the way, for those interested, sand dollar is again, the digital form of currency here in the Bahamas. We were actually the first country in the world to actually do something like that, followed by China, if I remember correctly. And um, so their whole thing is a digital representation of the currency. So it is a straight one to one ratio. You have a Bahamian dollar, you can use that exact same funds. It's no like dollar one or 99 cents or any charge like that. It is strictly dollar to dollar. Um, they say that it has little operational cost. It is non-interest based. It is minted and cannot be created by others, only by a central bank. And they actually started this off. And I, I, I've actually had an interview where I had to talk about this uh, with a Chinese company, a Chinese news outlet. Um, they started off with only a certain amount of actual physical dollars that were minted, that are stored away inside the central bank. And the amount of money that's inside there is exactly what's replicated inside the sand dollar revenue. So you, there's only a certain amount of sand dollar at any given time, and it will never exceed how much physical dollars that we have here in the Bahamas. Um, with that in mind, they have it to where you can essentially have it like Bitcoin or a blockchain where you have your own personal ID, but it's like 12 to 16 numeric or alphanumeric code. But they are building it out where they can have a wallet alias. So you can say more cookies and you can just type that in and that will allow you to send monies directly to more cookies. That is not an actual thing. Please don't send that. I have no idea who that will go to because well, actually at this time, I don't think it's actually a thing. So don't worry so much about that. It is a closed pay rail, which means that it operates directly at the central bank um, data center. And it is all ledged on there because it's blockchain based. It's on their ledgers. It is uh, their pros that they like to say is that it's legal tender. It's in the form of coins and notes, and it's the medium of exchange for goods and services. The cons, how I mean, sorry, the costs. Cons is cost for security, insurance, storage, transportation, and withdrawal and deposits. They also say a con is theft and loss. And that is an interesting one because a lot of people probably won't be thinking about that because it's digital. The issue comes simply because much like physical dollars where people can actually go in and take, let's say you drop money or someone reaches into your pocket and steals your wallet. Uh, this is a little bit different, but if they take access to your account, it's a little bit harder because Yes, they have the transaction of saying you transferred it, but at the same time, like, how are you going to get access to the ledger? That's going to be a court and legal thing, which there's been no precedence here in the Bahamas for as of yet. And when you really get down to it, who's to say you didn't just transfer it to them? It's a he said, she said kind of scenario. Ugh. But there is multi-factor authentication, so that's great. There are cybersecurity assessments, which are needed for third parties. And of course, there's data encryption. No one knows what you're doing. 
There's already been legislation that's been passed with the Central Bank Amendment of 2020 and the Digital, digital uh, Bahamian Dollar Regulation Act of 2021. You are required to have information, um, which is your legal name, your email, and your cell phone number. I'm guessing the cell phone number because they'll probably be using that as a second, um, the two-factor authentication. I don't agree with that method if that is the case, because if you lose your cell phone number, then you're pretty much screwed. They really should be using something like a authenticator app. Uh, I could be wrong. So I don't actually have a sound dollar account yet, but if that is the case, they probably should change that. There are three tiers of the sound dollar, which is the introductory level, which is only basic information required. And that is a sorry, $500 max in the account with 1500 or 1,500 in monthly transactions. Tier two is for banked people or people who actually have bank accounts, and that's needing proof of identification and more information needed. Uh, you can get up to five thousand dollars in your um, five thousand to eight thousand dollars in your bank account at max, and between ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollars max in monthly transactions. And if you're a business or corporation, which is tier three, then you can have up to one million dollars in your bank account. And it's tailored amounts in monthly transactions based on cash flow and previous spending. So that was interesting. And um, I've always been interested in how this will develop. Sadly, they didn't get too technical with it from what I'm understanding, but I did have to step out uh, during this and the in first inter uh, intermission. So I don't know exactly. I'm going based on notes by others that were there for that element of it. But I was there for the next part. So I was there for part one, starting of part two, and there for part three again, which was my gateway. This was done by Deronda Knowles um, Gibson, as I mentioned before. She is the project manager and business analyst in the Ministry of Education, and she helped pretty much direct the My Gateway project. Now, based off of information that I asked then, well, after the event, because I, like I mentioned, I wasn't able to ask my series of questions. Uh, I did ask her if this was based off of the Estonia X-Road model. If you remember correctly, I actually spoke and had an interview with the director of e-government over in Estonia back three years ago. So. I, this was before the government was even looking into e-government. Quite literally, I remember MPs subscribing to my YouTube channel just after they had seen this uh, video. People were talking about it on the radio. I know it was being talked about in cabinet and, well, in other places that are political. But this was based off of X-Roads. However, they didn't actually use the technology. They built it out using Bahamian developers. And unfortunately, I think that kind of leads room for some errors that I've noticed. So for example, I have a PO box that's been in my family since PO boxes were a thing. And now I know I've paid this in person at the bank, well, at the post office in the town center mall, which is where it's located. And I pay this every year. It's not much, it's less than 50 bucks. And so I did that and 
I know I wanted something a little bit easier where I don't have to keep going in and paying it and this, that, and next. So I signed my mom up on my gateway and I linked up her post box and everything like that. However, there's now an issue because I tried connecting it and connected and then it said it needed to be paid. So I paid it again, thinking that it would, you know, go towards the next year, 2022. It then got declined two months later because I, I did all this in September. Two months later, actually three months later, which is early part of December. Um, we're now in middle part of December now. Got an email saying that the payment was declined and the box has now been transferred to somebody else. We went there in person. The box has not been transferred. It's still been paid for. They said that it's an error in the My Gateway system. Now, I've used My Gateway for other things, such as, you know, having my mom's driver's license renewed, having my driver's license renewed, um, working on a few different things across the different elements of it that they are slowly integrating more and more things into. I don't know if other elements uh, that has been digitized within the government is actually going to be moved over to my gateway, like creating a new business, which currently you would have to go to Inland Revenue and use their site or VAT, the VAT site, VAT site, and start your process there. There's guides, you work through that entire process. I've had to do it myself a few times and I've guided others into how to actually go through the process. So it's just easier for them. Now, that's all to say it has bugs, but it works well if for the for the most part, <laughs> unless you run into a bug like I did. Now, for the most part, I'm I'm actually glad the government has done this, and I think this was one of the best elements of the conference because she gave a lot of insight into the technology. She gave insight into, into statistics, the legalities of different elements of it, legislation, uh, different forms of education and public institutes, private institutes. They gave a lot of information and I give Taronda kudos. I, that was one of the best. And that is not just my own personal sentiment. A lot of people considered between that and sand dollars to be among the two best of the four. The next one was Alive, which was done by Dwayne Davis. Like I mentioned earlier, I've known Dwayne from the time he was working at BTC back in 2011. That's when we actually both were there working together uh, until he left 2013 when I, he told me we, we were actually on the stairs of the JFK building and he's like, oh yeah, well, I'm leaving. And I'm like, where are you going? And next thing I know, he's working at a live building out there, mobile network. And so now he's the CIO of Cable Bahamas and Be Alive. He's also the CTO of Bayshore Management Services. And something that was mentioned, I think it gave a lot of people insight into the reason why this didn't quite seem like the tech conference we were hoping it was. And he said that Keith and Duran asked him to speak on himself. And that might be the reason why, because it wasn't focusing on that technology. And I think a lot of people were going there when they were hoping to hear from a live 
They were hoping to hear more about the mobile technology and the technology behind the data centers and the laying out of systems and pipeworks and firewalls and, you know, that kind of stuff. For the most part, we didn't really get into that. And we went through what, how Dwight kind of made his mark into from the beginning to where he is now. And I think that gave some people some insight, but that seemed, and a lot of this seemed to be more business sales related than technology developer related. And for those that are like, oh, developers aren't a part of technology. No, you're wrong. Developers are a key part to technology. Technology is not just hardware, it's software and it's built. Everything is built around each other. Hardware doesn't really work well unless you program it properly. Programming doesn't work well unless you have developers and yeah, you can't really do anything without the full gamut of the whole thing and all that falls into technology, IT, information, technology. That's just simply how it works. So the slide that I think a lot of people found interesting was this one. Uh, where he went into a SWOT analysis. For those that aren't aware of what SWOT is, it's strength, weakness, opportunity, and threats, essentially. And for this, it was that, and I'm, I'm reading from my screen here. Uh, our strengths for the Bahamas here in technology is that we have awesome family support. We are focused, we're motivated, we're energized, we're empowered to help others professionally, and we have a strong community of connections. Our weaknesses, however, is that we are too trusting of others, and so we focus in on self. We have a lack of trust among industry and peers because we're known to steal people's ideas, apparently. <laughs> I, um, I've had this happen to me a number of times, and my family, where people would take ideas and just run with it. Uh, we have a lack of qualified techno <laughs> technology professionals to grow the industry. I'm going to get to this one because this one was interesting. This one was interesting. For our opportunities, we have a good level of high school graduates. We have UB or previously COB with UB being University of Bahamas, previously being College of Bahamas and BTVI, which is the Bahamas Technical and Vocational Institute. We have established STEM in the local schools, which is science, technology, engineering, math. I'd like to say that we have actually done STEAM, but we're actually going to be the Bahamas Esports Federation is actually going to be looking to work with schools, public and private in next year to actually really focus in on really developing that STEAM element of it. STEAM being science, technology, engineering, arts and math. We, we see here where they say VM partnership for development and that uh, Huawei has an interest in local technology development. Huawei is an interesting one simply because that is going to hold us back unless we're working directly with China. And that's going to hold us back because the US doesn't want anything to do with Huawei. So we can't really be working. That's one of the reasons why uh, BTC, for example, doesn't really use Huawei like that anymore. You only really find Huawei phones like that any anymore either. And so it's going to be interesting as developers work with technology and they're working with China 
since they want to work with Huawei or someone like Ericsson if they're going to be working with the UK and the US and other places around the world. Our threats, however, is that we are very patient or we don't really have a lot of patience. We kind of are extremists in that element where uh, we will wait for things to happen or we will, you know, if someone slaps us, we will be like, mm, child, just don't slap me again. Those were his words, uh, which kind of falls into complacency. And he's saying that we also have a lack of critical thinkers, a lack of math and science in schools, which I think kind of goes into that opportunity element that he was talking about. Some people were questioning that afterwards saying, you know, well, we have math and science in schools from grade one to 12. What exactly is he talking about? And I think that's more so that there needs to be more of a focus in on these things to really drive the innovation and development of these keen minds into those areas. And of course, something that we've known for a long time is that we have brain drain here. There's just not a whole lot of opportunities here for a lot of people. And so they go and look elsewhere. They go to places like Canada, or United States or Europe or Mexico or wherever, or even some of the other Caribbean uh, countries. They'll go there because they actually have development and interests there. Uh, so remember how I said that there was some conversation. So the next thing that happened was things like this. They were saying someone had actually mentioned that, um, there are no VMware developers. Now I know you saw where they were, they said there were opportunities for VMware. So I'm going to let you guess who said it, but, um, yeah, there were actually a lot of developers that deal with this at the conference and people found that a little insulting and a little surprising because these are supposed to be industry leaders. They, they let the, they introduced them as shining beacons within the industry and leaders and so on and so forth. And so here we have it on Twitter. Um, Donovan saying, you know, if y'all could stop downplaying local talent so you can justify outsourcing, I'd really appreciate it. We literally spent $50, like I mentioned, for the event on an event to have a local tech executive tell us Bahamians in the local tech industry have no skills nor critical thinking ability. Plot twist. We actually do. But companies like his are too busy outsourcing to engage with the talent he believes is not here. And, you know, that's fair. That that viewpoint that Donovan has is very fair because... Well, let's admit it. We don't really showcase ourselves very well. And not only that, people don't trust other Bahamians a lot of times to develop for them. They think someone's going to cut corners, steal the money. But at the same point, people do this regardless of where you are in the world. So it doesn't really matter if you go overseas. They're going to do the exact same thing. But the difference is if you're here locally and you source locally, you're helping build the local development community. And if people do stuff, they're right here, so you can still go after them in the Bahamian court system. You don't have to go to the US, you don't have to go to Europe. They're right here. And so it's a little disappointing that, you know, people are considering that view that, you know, we don't really have the developers here. I remember a time when people didn't think we had web developers. I remember when people didn't know that we had people working on games. 
I remember when people didn't think that there were, how, were actual people working on programming programs. Like, I remember a time when I actually had to build out a program in a dead language. I don't know why we did it in a dead language, but my boss at the time when I was working at an IT company forced me to learn a dead language to build out for a client of his that was a trucking company for their inventory system. It was easy enough and worked with their barcode system, but it, it could have been so much better. But that was for the time. This was back in like 2009 and I'm comparing it to like almost over a decade later. So I can't really talk on that, but they have developers here, folks. It's not some wild science. We have people interested in it. And so it's a little disappointing when and I, I'm taking a look at the chat right now, because even from then, uh, someone added me to another tech group after this and someone said, quote, great conference, my takeaway, hire foreign to implement a business process, then tell a room full of debatements they don't have the necessary skills. So this is someone completely different saying the exact same thing. My response to that was Alive did it, where they hired in, um, or they brought in foreign people, then trained or had Bahamians build up their network. Sandollar did it because they uh, contracted the development of it to a company which also outsourced it to non Bahamians. Canoe, <laughs> so you heard. Uh, Quite literally, during the sit-down Q&A part of it, Canoe said that they will bring in people to train Bahamians, and, you know, after that, then on your way, or you become a Bahamian and you start living here. My gateway was built out on Estonia's model, which actually was because I made that video for the most part, giving them, you know, the information as to what they need to do, who to reach out to, along with the actual system behind it, which is called X-Roads. If you're interested in watching that video, check inside my past videos. It's uh, it's actually a really good interview. And um, yeah, so it's not something that's new. And I do give kudos to my gateway for using Bahamian developers to still build that out, regardless of the bugs that I've experienced. For the most part, like I mentioned before, it works well. And I'm proud that it was actually built by Bahamians, not only by Bahamians, but female developer Bahamians, because let's admit it, they don't get enough kudos for what they do and in the space that they are. And I'm glad to see that there are more female, well, women getting into this, well, industry just on a whole in technology in a whole, not just development, but in the industry. So yeah, my suggestions. Is this is I think this episode has been going for a little bit of time now. My suggestions that I told Duran were let's cut down and manage our panelists next time. I shouldn't say R. I keep doing that. Manage the panelists better because our, the first panelist was supposed to have 15 minutes and the dude talked, I think, anywhere between 30 to 45 minutes. And that threw the schedule way off. And that was uh, Canoe. And that was the sales pitch. That was the sales pitchiest sales pitch of the night. 
Uh, mm, sorry. So, manage the times. Or, do it one step better and record them. Have them recorded and fit it into 15 minutes. Have that 15 minutes played out during the breaks. You had about three to four breaks in that entire thing. You had three to four panelists. Use the time wisely. Play it during the breaks and then have a sit down or fireside or breakout sessions. I know they were saying, oh, 2022 is going to be bigger, better, and it's going to have workshops. Scratch the workshops. Focus in on people that want to learn. That is your key market. People went there to find out information, to learn, and to network. Only one of those things really happened, which was the network element. And even that only happened within like the eight minute periods of time that we had to go out into the front. There wasn't enough time to really network with everybody. And that's a shame. So have your 15 minute breaks, play their information or whatever the pitch is. And then when they come back in, allow the people to sit, to come up or sit down or whatever it is and say, Hey, I heard this during the break, or I want to find out more information about X, Y, Z. Can you tell us more? And I think that would be better time spent. Also a three hour window for something like that probably is not going to cut it. You're probably going to want to start a little bit earlier in the day, maybe like five and probably have it on a weekend. But if you do it right, people will come. Duran told me that he aimed for the people, for the panelists that would bring in the crowd. And there was a crowd, but I don't think it was the crowd that he wanted necessarily, like the amount of people. And a number of people didn't show up because I'll use the words of a friend of mine who's works and deals with data centers and has a number of different clients. It seemed like a kiddie show. It wasn't actually like there for people into tech um, or IT specialists or, you know, things like that. It And it did end up being just that. It was quite literally more or less a business type of conference. And I think we need to... If we're going to have this thing happen, it needs to not be that. Sure, you can have your business and e-commerce element of it, but that's not where the truth things and strength of Bahamian technology is. It's in the development. It's in learning what's coming out next here locally. It's in finding out how we can improve ourselves. It's Sure, you can deal with trends and things that are going to be coming out in 2022 and 2023 in the next five years, whatever kind of way you want to spin that. But don't focus it in on business. Focus it in on we're going to be making trajectories towards mobile banking, for as an example. And then you go down and you break it into how we are going to get into mobile banking, things that we need to develop and work on. Um, legislations, um, actual technologies and platforms and systems that are being built out and how people can get into it and the systems behind it, 
Like it does it work on AWS cloud systems? It does it use PHP? Does it use Java? Does it use Ruby? Does it use Python? Which things are you connecting into? Go into detail. We're not here because we're idiots. We know a lot of this already. You're not making a tech conference to find business partners. You're going there to drive the industry. I'm going to pause here because there's a part of a news article that a lot of people read and thought, and this guided the thought process towards what we thought this was going to be. I'm going to pause and I'm going to come right back. Okay. So this thing was the whole thing quite literally was the state of technology in the book. Well, the technology industry in the Bahamas and how the nation can continue to build and improve it. That was the focus of this entire tech conference. In the article, Duran said, essentially we want to have something of the scale that in Nassau, of that scale, meaning of the scale of the Grand Bahama Technology Summit, which was the first real technology summit that happened over two years. And I actually have interviews with the people behind that in past uh, episodes as well. Feel free to check those out. That was a great conference from what I understand. Well, both of those. Anyway, so essentially they want to have something of that scale here in Nassau and go even further with the concept that he's saying that he has a group of over 60 local software developers. And I'm guessing he's talking about the people that are in his WhatsApp group, which is about 64. I'm in another group that has about 72. And then there are others that are on Facebook, Discord, and so on and so forth. Quick tip, we're actually working together to try and merge all of those together. So we have one central place for technology and people into that, along with programming, development, so on and so forth. Keep an eye out for that. You're probably going to be hearing about that soon. He then continues to say that he is trying to include not just software developers, but also IT professionals from many different disciplines to come out and get to know one another and share the knowledge. That's a key point. He added, the main focus is the state of technology in the Bahamas, how technology in the Bahamas compares to the rest of the world and how we can prove our standing technology wise. We are going to look into the various organizations needed to do as well as look at things like e-government and cryptocurrency. We want to let people know what is going on in the Bahamas technology wise and the fact that we are not that far behind. I think we have a dynamic lineup of speakers. His uh, partner, Kyle, then said, we are finally able to bring to life something that many Bahamians within the IT sector have been yearning for. I believe with this conference, we can provide a dedicated platform to properly engage IT professionals on all levels. It then goes on to say that the conference will provide entrepreneurs, innovators, investors, service providers, tech enthusiasts, and key decision makers the opportunity to network from various sectors within the industry. The conference is intended to not only create dynamic conversations between technolog technological professionals. Mm, that's not a real word, um, but also seeking but also seeks to develop new ideas and strategies that will transform technology in the Bahamas from inception to execution, and that individuals will be able to learn and discuss current trends in telecoms, digital identity, 5G, digital currency, and automation while providing a platform to discuss greenfield opportunities and challenges this nation faces. With that in mind, most of that didn't happen. They touched onto the topics, but there wasn't really a, a lot of discussion around it. Yes, the networking was there to a degree, 
but it wasn't really like an hour of networking for example which a lot of like the the tech expos and conventions that i've been to they actually have a good like hour two hour session throughout the conference for something like that granted those are tech um conferences and expos that are over a few days but that's just something to keep in mind either way people went inside there with the expectation that they were going to be able to learn have conversations and actually drive and develop these thought processes no so when the talk of workshops came up workshops in my mind and i think in a lot of people's minds are about learning about something or you know panels which we already had so it's not really the panel's not a workshop and what exactly is are you talking about that needed to be discussed more so like i mentioned i told around you know have those breakouts sure if you want but the main focus should be having the sit downs where you can actually have that conversation go over thoughts processes if anything it ends up having the person who paid the 50 dollars learn something that actually can help them and actually have that full-on conversation because they would have paid for access to that person that is essentially what we were paying for we were paying to get access to that information that this person that you have on your panel is going to give us a lot of people didn't feel that that was the case having those sessions where we can sit down and talk is important and everything else is going to be around that so sure you can like Duran told me, he brought in people that will bring in people. No. You bring in people by giving quality information that they want and learn from. If you do it like this again, people are going to not want to come. They'll because they already have this taste, this opinion, and the opinions that are going to be built out from this are going to be from the opinions of people that are talking about it now they're going to hear oh and i've seen people saying oh it was a great con um, convention um but then they always say we're hearing about workshops next year which means that it, they think it was a good start but it wasn't what they wanted if they're talking about anything except from what you start off with it wasn't what they were expecting. So, folks, my personal opinion on this was that it was okay as a start. It should have been because this group has been around from 2019. The technical issues shouldn't have been there because you have enough people to work with that know their stuff. To make sure that this event ran without a hitch um and there should have been a dry run through i don't know if that happened or not there seems to be a lot of focus in on the business element of this that's not a technology conference that's a business conference technology about is about tech focus in on tech otherwise you're gonna lose people like I mentioned, people didn't show up because they didn't take this conference seriously. And that's because of how it was presented. It wasn't, you said things that people wanted to hear, 
but a, a number of people read through it and already called it BS. I know I went there with the intent of supporting Duran because I was there for the very first forum and I was hoping it would have been something like that. I can't say I'll support it again if it's going to be like that again. And I know a number of people who feel the same way. And those are a good chunk of the numbers that were there at that night that I came with or that came from the groups that I've been in. So we have work to do as bah as Bahamians. We have work to do with having a tech conference and I'm looking forward to seeing what the next Grand Bahama Tech Summit is going to be like. I'm looking forward to see what the next Nassau Tech Conference, sorry, Technology Conference is going to be like. Having people like what the Tech Summit did, where they brought in people from Google, um, from Oracle, where, you know, they brought in people that will help drive the thought process and knowledge here in the Bahamas. That was good. We still got work to do here in Nassau. But I'm hoping it gets better. I really am. And I have faith that it will. But we'll have to see. And <laughs> the reason why I even did this video is because people wanted to know my thoughts. And yeah, like from the night of, quite literally, people were asking me, so when are you going to do a review? So this is two days later. Here's that I'm recording this. I'm going to be putting this out a little bit later on today. But here's my thoughts. Here's my review. But my overall feeling is we as people in technology need to come together and make sure whatever project that will help drive the development of technology and people getting into this field, people finding us here in the Bahamas is going to be key. I'm going to suggest, and I, I've already suggested it to the different groups that deal with techno technology here. And when I say groups, I mean the collectives of WhatsApps and Discords and Facebook groups. We need to come together as one and actually have an area where we can fully have a, whatever conversations we need. We can have the workshops online. We can have conversations online. We can fully develop this out so that the next time we have a convention or a summit or whatever you want to call it, because I would call this one, I wouldn't call this a conference. I would have called this an event. Hopefully next year is the conference. So whenever the next thing is, we will be able to come and know that this is going to be what we want. This is going to be what we need. And this is something that we can bring people to and tell people about and feel good because I put someone there and they ended up wanting to fall asleep. It's not because they didn't get the technology stuff, but it wasn't what they were hoping for in terms of learning. They ended up actually leaving and going into my car to go to sleep. Which I felt, I felt pretty bad because I'm the one that invited to them 
I'm I'm the one that invited them to this thing. I can't be doing that. <laughs> I can't be I can't be inviting and telling people to come to a conference that I myself don't feel comfortable about. And that many other people don't feel comfortable about. So we're going to be making a discord and we're going to be building it out based on how I have the Bahamas Gamers and Otaku Discord, which is the home of the Bahamas Esports Federation. But we have a number of different things inside there that kind of tie into the industry. So most people that are into esports, which is competitive video gaming, are also into anime. They're also into uh, art. They're also into this then that and the next. And so we're building that out. And the BGO is going to end up becoming a place for steam education here in the Bahamas. And we're going to be building that out inside there as well. We're going to be partnered up with the new discord, which is going to be worked on. <clears throat> and it's, um, that's quite literally what I just got in my throat. Don't worry about that. Um, but we're going to be building out a new discord and we're going to be taking inspiration and thoughts from everybody that is that has already developed their own space and we're looking forward to how that builds out and sharing that with everybody i think it's going to be great and one of the key people inside there well key organizations is going to be the bahamas developers association which is the one that put on this conference so they're going to have a space inside there where they can you know grow and people can learn about them and other people that are in the industry, you know, at some point, I think it'd be a good idea to follow what the Bahamas Esports Federation has done with streamers. We're going to be doing something similar with content creators, just in general, where we have a national streamers directory. We're going to be building out a national uh, content creators directory. So it's not just people who stream. It's going to be people who do like short form or long form content. And we're going to be building that out. I'd like to see something with the BDA building out something similar for actual developers and IT specialists and um, people into technology, even if they're enthusiasts, if they are well known enough, I would like for them to be on a directory of some sorts. So it's easier to find them and people won't be lost as to where can I go for this? If you're listening, do it, do it or else who knows I might because it needs to happen. And I'm not here for money. I'm not here for the fame and glory. People know me because of what I do. And I think that is how we should be focusing on this. People know you because of what you do, not because of the, um, what you are trying to market yourself as. Let's do this. Let's make this great. Let's build up technology here in the Bahamas. Let's make sure that anyone that's doing and making programs, uh, websites, uh, systems, platforms, they, that they know they don't have to look outside of the Bahamas for this. They're doing data centers. We have plenty of data centers here. We don't need people going overseas. We have plenty of people doing databases. You don't gotta go nowhere. We got people building out mobile networks. You don't gotta go nowhere. So until next time, guys, I know this was a long episode. I apologize, especially since it's the first one back for the new season. But um, yeah, we're going to be back. We're going to be moving into 2022. 
I'm going to be taking a break for the Christmas just to wind down because um, <laughs> we're doing eggnog and a bunch of stuff and that's I need, I'm going to need my senses to me. But uh, esports is going to be out as well. Esports rap, which is my next show. So keep an eye out for that. The next one's going to be an interview with uh, Rivalry. That's going to be an interesting one because we're going to be talking about some tech stuff inside that as well, like NFTs and blockchain. But until next time, folks, this is Michael Amargan. More cookies. Signing out.